Craig, I'm going to let you introduce our uh, lovely and talented guest. Well, this young lady I had a chance to get to know uh, two years, maybe three years ago, when she was uh, doing the sideline reporting for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays down in Florida. Uh, for Fox, I believe it was, and uh, now she we get the privilege of working with her on the field uh, at uh, Nats Park, and uh, she does uh, the sideline stuff for Masson, covering the Nationals. Alex Chapel with us. Alex, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, doing well. It's another nice day here in New York, and Hopefully they can wash out tomorrow or yesterday's loss and move on to today. Yeah, well, I know that it was not a nice evening in that ninth inning last night. Uh, how do you think the team handled it? I know you were there post game. Uh, you know, this team's had a pretty good knack of putting bad things behind them very quickly. Uh, but last night was pretty crushing with a three-run lead and Doolittle on the hill. Yeah, I think as Davey Martinez put it, he's going to stick with his ninth inning guy. That was the thought process behind leaving Sean Doolittle in. Craig, you know from being in the clubhouse a lot, Doolittle is such a competitor. He's never going to say when they checked on him on the mound um, on his knee, which he says is fine. He just kind of tweaked it um, that I should come out of this one, right? So it was a combination of both, but post-game um, – it was tough. I mean, that's a devastating loss. But like you pointed to all season long when everyone doubted them, I mean, May 24th, they were, as Doolittle a couple weeks ago put it, they were at the lowest point. They had hit rock bottom, and you look at the way they turned things around. So I, luckily, I don't see this. Maybe on some other ball clubs, it could be such a devastating loss that it changes the course of the season. I think they're really good at turning things around. But certainly it was one last night that hurt. Alex Chappell, our guest. Alex, I really enjoy your work on Masson. You do a terrific job. Got to ask you, what was the energy like? I know you're you're sort of wearing a Nats hat, but you're an objective reporter. What was the energy like in that ballpark in the bottom of the ninth inning while that was going on? Oh, the whole game from the first pitch, though, the Mets fans were bringing it. I mean, you all probably could hear on the broadcast. It was it was deafening. It was so loud. And I guess it was free T-shirt Friday. So everybody's using their T-shirt as rally towels. Um, it, it felt like a playoff atmosphere, right? Like postseason October baseball. So. Um, it was it was wild, and even Steven Strasburg said, hopefully that our fans, Nats fans at home, heard that, and that at Nats Park in September we can replicate that when you have big series with the Mets, Phillies, Braves. They're coming to town, so it was um, it was crazy, loud, energetic, just totally electric. Um, and that ninth inning, I mean, that place was rocking. It was shaking, and you could. They they got the momentum right. I mean, Todd Frazier changed it with one swing of the bat. So it was it was crazy. It, that place was it was loud. <laughs> well, they're sitting in a situation right now with the Braves win last night, where they're six and a half out in the division. They've got seven head-to-head matchups still left with Atlanta. They're five back in the loss column, and that to me is a big deal. Uh, but in, in terms of the rest of the way. Uh, you know, the one thing that this team has to have is a, is a healthy as possible Max Scherzer. And I understand he flew off, uh, threw off flat ground again yesterday, but uh, here's the biggest thing. Didn't report any problems with the, with the shoulder and the, and the upper back. What are you hearing? 
Yeah, so they said he threw off flat ground again yesterday, more of a precautionary step for Max Scherzer. He keeps progressing. They're hopeful he can throw a bullpen today. Um, That would be really key. Obviously, he's got to throw off a mound if he's going to make a start. But they knew he was going to miss this start coming into New York. Now it's just how many more starts would he miss moving forward. Hopefully, they'll provide us with a little more information today. But we know that Scherzer is chomping at the bit to get back on the mound. This is uncharted territory for him to be out this long, um, to miss this many starts, so and to have a second injury like this. But, uh, no, I think they're being just really cautious with him. They want him to come back 100%. They know how key he is down the stretch. So it's, uh, you know, especially if they look to play in that wild card game, right, you want Max Scherzer as healthy as possible. So the one thing that he has done, too, he's helping a lot of the younger pitchers. Eric Fetty was really complimentary with how Scherzer helped him with his cutter. He, He went up to Max and was like, hey, my cutter stinks right now. What are you seeing? What can you can you give me some insight? And that's pretty cool, right? That he's finding other ways to still help the team contribute in any ways possible. But we'll get more information today. You know, hopefully he can he can throw off a mound. All right, what did Joe Ross take to get turned around? <laughs> here's <laughs> yeah, two. Here's no, two. Here's Joe two. Ross two said, starts, twelve whole innings, no runs, yeah. and and remarkable. Well, he he walked five in the Diamondbacks game, but then cut that down to two. In the Giants game, it looks like he's found something, Alex. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, coming off of that Diamondbacks game that he pitched, um, Davey Martinez put it as, you know, when you have a pitcher that's been called up and then sent down and they've pitched in relief and then they've made starts, a start like that can do a lot for his confidence. And so I feel like you really saw that confidence then against the Giants. And he talked about having Strasburg, Sanchez, Scherzer, I mean, he couldn't be more lucky, Corbin, you know, to be able to talk to veterans like that, pick their brain. I mean, just huge for him. Stan, it's it's huge what she's saying because they have been looking all year long for somebody to grab that fifth Fifth starter starter, spot and run with it. Yeah, and it's interesting how at the same time now with Scherzer down, they've got both Fetty and Ross both pitching well, which is going to be necessary. But I do want to ask you, not that we're getting ready to let you go just yet, but tonight's game, Corbin versus Syndergaard, with what's looming tomorrow with the Grom facing uh, so-so Annabelle Sanchez of late, how important is tonight's game right now to sort of blunt some of the Mets' momentum? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, first off, with Annabelle Sanchez, since he's come off the IL, he's been everything that the Nationals expected mm-hmm. coming into this season. He's been the pitcher that they they remember having to face when he was with the Braves. So he's really stepped up, too, in the absence with Scherzer being out. Um, but I think you make a good point. You don't want to lose tonight and then be forced to feel like it's a must-win tomorrow. It would take off some pressure. One, you don't have an opportunity to possibly get swept here in New York. And then, two, you're not on, you know – gosh, playing on the back of your heels with so much you're feeling tense that we have to win on Sunday. So, I, you know, you always hate to say it's a must win, but I think that especially with so many games still left and it is August, but with how bunched up these teams are in the race, with how tight everything is, 
squash some of that Mets momentum, right? I mean, they're now 15-1, and one, or 14-1, and one, excuse me, in their last 15 games. So I think to quiet their fans, squash some of that momentum, feel good coming off of last night, I would say this is definitely a big one tonight. Yeah, and, you know, listen, I, I, you could say the same thing about Arizona Diamondbacks tonight, the Phillies, St. Louis, Milwaukee. There's six teams now within two and a half games of each other for the number one wild card spot and the number two wild card spot. So pressure on all these teams each and every night they play. And I know the Reds are in this thing too, and all of a sudden the Nationals have a series with them when they come home. So (laughs) it, it doesn't get any easier, Alex, for sure. No, and then it's Reds, Milwaukee. I mean, just all huge series here down the stretch. It's going to be exciting. I love that you know people have talked about when this team has have made the postseason. They haven't really been in a pennant race like this. They haven't had to grind out every game down the stretch, and it should be really, really exciting. You know, I said this on the Mid Atlantic Sports Report last night. I said the team that's probably rooting for the Nats more than anybody right now is the Atlanta Braves because the Braves are down Marcakis, Riley, Densby, Swanson. They're pitching just so-so right now. They face these Mets six times of the next 12 games over the next 10 days or so, or 12 days. It's a tough schedule for them. It's a tough schedule for the Nationals. And keep in mind, though, Stan, those seven head-to-head games with the Braves and the Nationals will go a long way to determining – not just wild card, but who wins this division. But that's why it's so interesting now. If the Mets keep – if nobody blunts their momentum, momentum right now and they go on another 10 days, 12 days, they may end up being right there nip and tuck with the Braves. Yeah. Alex, uh, I know that Davey Martinez has, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, not ever given up on this team in terms of – all of the things that you know that have gone wrong at certain points in time this season, uh, and and really his, his he was on the hot seat the first six weeks of this season, uh, but playing 700 ball for a month and a half or two months will cure a lot of your ills. But uh, uh, how do you think Davey's done overall uh, handling this team this year? Oh, I don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah. You know, we we oftentimes and he deserves a lot of credit to Gerardo Parra just the way he changed the mentality of the team and got everybody to play looser but I mean Davey's their their captain right he's the skipper and and you give him a he should get a lot of credit in the sense that the team could have started to point fingers could have been playing that name game and however he did it he led them all in a sense to just stay together and get weather the storm together and um, I mean, that speaks volumes for him. You can tell the players really admire him. They enjoy playing for him. And, um, no, I think that, I mean, once again, last night, yeah, that was tough. It was devastating. But you can see the message he portrays. He stays, and he does, he stays the same, whether it's a win or a loss. And it's on to today. And I think just that message of going 1-0, and win the day, he was able to really get them all to buy in, and it, it resonated with that clubhouse. You know what's been fascinating with this one trade deadline at the 31st, how many players like Joe Panic, like Asdrubal Cabrera, have been sort of DFA'd and let out there as free agents for other teams to pick up. Uh, Mike Rizzo didn't hesitate to pick up a guy he's known for a long time and Asdrubal Cabrera. 
What do you think he brings to the table, and what does his pickup say about the condition of uh, Ryan Zimmerman and uh, Howie Kendrick? Because I understand he's been taking some grounders at first base. Yeah, I, he has been, and he said that's a totally – Cabrera said it's just a totally new role for him. Obviously, his natural position shortstop, and then he can play second base. He's played third base. First base is, is new for him, um, but he's he just was excited about this opportunity, very comfortable with this organization from the latter part of 2014. Um, it's another veteran that they have. As you pointed out with both Ryan Zimmerman and Howie Kendrick on the IL, uh, it's a great pickup for the Nationals to have him. So they think, I mean, the other day, what was it, Parra was at first, he played second. So it also gives some of these vets, you know, you hope that maybe having Brian Dozier have a day off, you know, if I doubt down the stretch here we're ever going to see Anthony Rendon have a night off, but (laughs) if he does, you know, you have that veteran coming off the bench which is just really key. Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto, two guys you can never really count on to take a day off. (laughs) Yeah, no, they love playing the game. They're always in. I mean, it's, uh, it's, they're fun to watch. They're amazing. I mean, last night you saw they were the difference makers for the Nats. Yeah. Alex, I got two quick questions for you before we let you go. And we're appreciative of your, appreciative of your time. Alex Chappell from Masson on with us. Uh, Another underrated performance by a national is pitching coach Paul Menhart. Uh, brought in like around June 1st, I think it was, somewhere around there. A lot of us thought, well, this is just sort of reshuffling the furniture on the Titanic, and he'll he'll take, uh, you know, the place of the pitching coach, uh, I forget, uh, Derek Lilliquist, yeah. and then we'll move on from uh, Davey Martinez. It hasn't worked out that way. And this Paul Menhart really has to be given a lot of credit for the turnaround of a number of these pitchers. That is a great point. I always love it on the broadcast whenever he's making his mound visit, how Bob and FP are like, here comes the magic man and sprinkling the fairy dust. But no, he's, there's a sense of comfort with all of these pitchers. At some point or another, they've all worked with Paul Menhart. Um, so they're very comfortable with him. He's got such an amazing personality, very positive, really infectious. He started to set up kind of just lighthearted meetings with the pitchers that they stand together on the field before a game, and they'll all just converse and talk about what's working for them, what isn't, what they like, suggestions they're seeing. So he does a lot of um, just – I would say just however he can build up people's confidence, right, make them the best of who they can be when – Eric Fetty says, you know, if you see Paul Menhart, visit him on the mound. Normally it's to just lighten the mood, give a little sarcasm. If he's in a tight situation, just letting him relax. And so he's been oh, just instrumental in the turnaround, too. And uh, just he's a joy to be around. I mean, there's nobody nicer. And just he's he's been great for this team, no doubt. Now, I know the noose is really tight now on all these these teams right now. But one of the ways – that the Nats have been able to decompress is their sudden love of dance. Um, and, and nowhere in this whole dance thing is there more more poignantly seen than the uh, walk-up song of one Gerardo Parra, and that's uh, the Baby Shark. Uh, my sources tell me that it was actually your idea, Alex, for him to change his, <laughs> his walk-up song to Baby Shark. Can you confirm that? 
Oh my gosh, I wish it was. I, I might be a millionaire finding some other career path. No, but <laughs> um, he, uh, no, that was all him. Actually, you can give credit to his uh, little baby girl. That I guess great. he listens to that song all the time. And great. he liked the, the tune of it and thought it would just be fun. And he also felt like, oh, when my girls are at the game, they'll know it's me, That right. that's their song. And then, yeah, it's taken off a life form of its own between, I mean, Nat's Park is electric whenever it comes on, just the T-shirts. Um, but he's, oh, he's just, he's awesome. He's done so much for that ball club, and he keeps everything loose. I mean, it's just, he's the kind of guy that maybe, you know, those intangibles that we talk about, yep. you need a player like that around just to change the tone, the mood, and, um, and I think he's really helped them get through that early season adversity they had. The interesting thing, though, too, is they've taken it on the road, too, because whenever power comes to the plate, the Nats fans that travel, and we uh, see more and more of them, on, they're doing the chomp. with. Yes. <laughs> uh, Alex, many thanks for coming on, and we'll get you on down the road maybe uh, during the playoffs, hopefully. Let's keep that our fingers crossed. That sounds great. No, thank you so much for having me on. This is a blast. We'll uh, see you Monday night. See you soon. Yeah, see you Monday. Bye. All right. There you, there you go, Alex Chappell.